broadcasting live from Business Radio X. It's time for Coach the Coach. Welcome to Coach to Coach, helping business coaches deliver more impact in less time. If you want to help more people make more money and own your backyard, go to brxteam.com. Stone Peyton Lee Cantor here with you. Lee, this is going to be a fantastic segment. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast founder and CEO of Happiest Places to Work, Miss Sylvia Garcia. How are you? Great. Thank you so much for inviting me to your radio show. Well, Sylvia, before we get too far into things, tell us about Happiest Places to Work. Uh, how are you serving folks? <laughs> Doing great. We are uh, applying all the science and knowledge to make um, our place a happy place to work. And we can measure it and prove it. So really doing pretty well. Thank you. Well, um, how do you define happy? Well, that's a great question because there's a lot of confusion about what happiness is. And basically, many people think that happiness is equal to joy or laughing, having a good time. And that is just a tiny little piece of what's really happiness is the defining happiness it's um the best way is called closer to the ingredients of happiness which are having a purpose like thinking that you, you are here to do something important that others care about you you care about others that you grow to the best version of yourself that you keep growing and learning and that you have an impact, that you can impact and you have some control of, over the things that happen. So that's coming closer to a good definition of what real happiness is. Now, do you think that uh, you can find happiness through your work or a job, or is this something that is just something in your personal life? Oh, no, absolutely. Um, work is a great and important part of happiness because if you know, if you have uh, the chances to have a culture, a company culture that allows you to grow and learn and have control over what you do, and you have good relationships at work, then you have most of the ingredients that you need to make work a very important part of your happiness. So it's not we work. So you know, if you're miserable at work, no matter how happy you are in your private life, at the end you're not going to be really happy. So it really can be an ingredient of happiness, but it doesn't happen just like that. You need companies to be aware that they can foster those ingredients for, for people to be happy at work. But the happiness at a, at a corporate or company level is um, kind of intermeshed with the culture, right? Those are one and the same? Absolutely. So the culture is uh, it's all about happiness. So the culture in the, in the company is going to promote certain behaviors, and those behaviors are going to affect people's happiness. When people see behaviors that are about, you know, here is not a safe place to work, we don't trust each other, you don't have control about what you do, it's very hierarchical, um, we only reward uh, performance and you can achieve your goals 
the way you want, no matter how you do it, just go for it, uh, despite taking maybe unethical decisions, all that is culture. So you have very toxic cultures where people are really unhappy. And you see that in people leaving the company quite, quite you know, urgently, you know, quite quickly, and not being able to recruit talent. So there's a war for talent right now. And the companies that create the right culture, they get access to the best talent and they retain it. Because most people and the younger than generation, millennials and younger, they care far more about the culture and being happy at work than about the money and the perks. So it is really, really important. And, and it's all about the culture. And culture, uh, they say this about branding, uh, you're branding whether you think you are or not. So culture is happening whether you're um, kind of mindfully creating it or, <laughs> or not, right? Exactly. Like, if you don't do anything, the worst can happen. You need to define and have a strategy for your culture. And you have to reward the good behaviors, those you want to see, because people do what works. They're going to be looking around for the behaviors of the leaders to see what, what works in this company. How's the culture in this company? If you don't define and have a strategy to say, this is the type of culture, these are the type of behaviors that we reward. If you want creativity to happen, you need to reward for people trying new things. If every time someone fails, then you don't get the bonus, you, you, you don't get a reward, then you're not going to have people trying new things and you're not going to have any creativity. So absolutely everything that happens in a company needs to be taken into account and done by design. And that's what we help companies design for success, design their culture so people get access to the best parts of themselves and their brain functioning so they are successful they are happy and their business is better. Now, and this is something that it sounds good and it feels good, but there's actually ROI uh, research and evidence behind some of these behaviors, right? This uh, probably improves turnover, productivity. There, there's things you can point to, uh, math things and money things that show that this is a wise investment, right? Yeah, absolutely. At the end, we know that businesses exist because they make money and they need to make money and they need to invest wisely that money and see the return of investment. So uh, around culture and positive culture and happiness, a lot of research has been done to see whether this was a wise investment or not. And now we can say that uh, happiness is not a result of companies that do good. On the contrary, happiness is an ingredient, a key competitive advantage, so companies do better. Sales, for example, can be increased by 10% by increasing employees' happiness. Better retention and um, having more creativity, like three times higher creativity if you increase employees' happiness, but also better decision-taking and more collaboration among teams. You know, they are more interdependable, they trust more each other, and they collaborate better. And all that results in better customer satisfaction, sales, uh, and, and economic results. So there's a very solid case for return of investment. 
Now, do you see uh, when you're working with companies, don't a lot of them think that they're doing this right and they have a culture that they think is good enough? But then once you start do, digging in, maybe doing some discovery or some basic research, you you realize they realize that, hey, maybe we have been do, going about this in maybe not the best way. Absolutely. And, you know, wide, it's wide opening that we can now use a very simple culture audit that is science-based to tell each company, you're doing like this with a number and a number on each of the ingredients of a great culture. So now they can see with numbers, this is how we are now. And we're starting our journey wherever we are, and we can see where we improve, which are our strengths and our areas of improvement, and how they evolve and improve the culture. And you can design based on the culture you want to get, which are the, the, the ingredients that you want to change. So it's normal that many companies didn't know where to start when designing a culture first because they couldn't measure what, what, what was the culture of the ingredients. Now that we can do that, it really becomes another important key factor to follow uh, in the leadership meetings. You know, how is our culture doing in each of the ingredients? How are we progressing? Now, what are those kind of pillars behind a happy or a, a culturally sound company? Well, there are eight pillars, um, so I'm not going to name them all, but we can, if you want, uh, give a link or something so people can check on them. But basically, we all know that the why, you know, having a purpose is important, but you know, a purpose, if it's not really connected to your work, how your work directly affects that purpose, and to measure your progress, then it's not relevant. So it's not only having a purpose, but connecting it to each each one's job. And then having uh, making people have enough autonomy and control over their jobs and careers, defining you know your how you progress, what you need to learn to get where you want to to go. That's a big part also, learning, having autonomy and control. And a key ingredient also is about the trust that relationships uh, in the company achieve to, to have. Uh, do you feel safe in this company to take decisions, to do mistakes, to try things, to tell you know, that you need help to others? Is this the kind of environment that you work at? So that part of social relationships, trust is also very, very important. And then a little tiny part, it's about the daily experiences. Many companies that want to increase happiness focus on employees' experiences, of having the gym, having perks, free fruit, you know, those little things, those count, but you know, the, the effects they can have, it's around 10%. So it's not you know, the key, it's not a silver, silver bullet to work on ex employees' experiences. You really need to define the culture. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Coach the Coach, helping business coaches deliver more impact in less time. We are visiting with founder and CEO of Happiest Places to Work, Sylvia Garcia. Sylvia Stone-Payton here with Business Radio X. I've been listening in 
to your conversation with Lee. And I have a question around this issue of impact. Uh, how do you personally choose to define, measure, and ensure that you are consistently delivering real impact in your work? Well, in, in my case, my, my purpose is to help people work in places where they are happier and you know, people thrive and business thrive. So I make sure that I have an impact by measuring each of the places I work with, each of the companies, measuring the culture, the positive culture and employees' happiness and seeing that they increase that happiness and seeing also linking it to the economic results of the business so I can deliver on my promise to make people and business thrive. So that's how I see my progress on the impact I want to see. That's amazing. Now, in your career, how did you get to this point? Can you uh, tell us the backstory? Oh, well, that's, that's uh, something I, I was not expecting when I was younger to be working on happiness. I didn't even know that that was possible long time ago. So uh, I think I, I might have been the first chief happiness officer in the world like 15 years ago. And it happened I was, when I was working for the Coca-Cola company, the president called me and told me, you know, Sylvia, you've been working on leadership positions in marketing, communication, and now I think you should be working on happiness. And I never heard that someone could work on happiness. So that, at that moment, I was thinking, is he suggesting me that I leave the company, I will go home and be happy? Is this a nice way to tell me we don't want you here anymore? <laughs> but no. <laughs> Yeah, it was true. You know, uh, he said, you know, I think this is going to be hugely important for businesses. So I want you to work with the best scientists and researchers and get all the knowledge and learn how to apply it. So that's how I got into this journey about learning uh, what is happiness at work, how to measure it, and how to create impactful trainings and coaching and, and order to help people and companies thrive. Now, when you were doing the, at the beginning of this and you had this concept, when did you start seeing like tangible results and evidence that, Hey, you know what? There is a correlation here. There is something, there is a connection between culture and happiness and, and results for organizations. Well, I thought that uh, the very first, time that I was invited to join a group in the United Nations that is celebrating the International Day of Happiness, the 20th March, with a report on happiness around the world. And there I met neuroscientists, economists, sociologists that were getting together to put all the science and research and see in a if that affected the workplaces. And they released a report about happiness at work and did research with more than 30,000 employees in more than 2,000 businesses, proving that happiness was an ingredient for good results. They saw that they could 
increase happiness and see the stock market results of companies increase between 2.5 and 3.5 and the companies could get four times faster earnings per share when they increase employees' happiness. That's why I realized that all those researchers coming together from different fields could help create interventions for the workplace to help people and business thrive alike. Now, what was it like making the transition from kind of this corporate job and working in the corporate world to having your own consultancy and going out and trying to get clients on your own? And, um, you know, was that difficult for you? Well, it is really like a roller coaster because working on your own, you have so many hats and so many things that can go wrong. And you are there at at the front line all the time to solve everything. So that's really exciting because you really have uh, agency over absolutely everything. And at the same time, it's overwhelming because it's, it's you on your own to do anything. While when you work at the corporate level, you have so many experts you can reach out to help you. But on the other hand, everything moves so slowly at corporate level <laughs> because you get to have to align so many people to take any decisions. So it's really different. Um, both worlds have wonderful things and other challenges, but I'm, I'm really, really happy to be now helping businesses and being on my own. I think it's a wonderful transition when you have, I have 20 years experience on corporate world to be able to bring the best of that world to others and at the same time enjoy the good and the bad of being on your own. I, I feel that that is thrilling to me. I love that. Now, how do you get your clients nowadays? Are you doing a lot of speaking and uh, create thought leadership? How, how, do, how do people find you? Yeah, so through speaking, um, like I do a lot of keynote speeches, um, leadership meetings, um, uh, in, in congresses and around, around the world. So through the keynotes, uh, many people discover this relationship between happiness and results and the things that happiness at work can be measured and increased. So that's how people discover it. Also, many you know, come to the website and discover the chief happiness officer trainings or the trainings at work. So many people you know, just want a training uh, and that's the easy way to get into this journey. And then some companies go further and they engage into measuring and doing consultancy to improve their culture. Now, is there any low-hanging fruit for maybe smaller organizations that can't put in, you know, hire a chief happiness officer? Are there some kind of uh, easy things or, or simple things that people can implement in their small firms? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I work with you know, very small firms and big ones, and you know, I adapt the services for everyone because that's my mission, to help every workplace to make people happier and business thrive. So there's absolutely tools for everybody, and low-hanging fruit is that any business can go to the website and do the co- uh, corporate pulse, the, the company's pulse, and have a very... Um, good and quick idea of how the company is doing in terms of happiness. And from there, they can also engage in the online training for chief happiness officers, which is, you know, 
more accessible, less costly, and I lose anybody to take those courses little by little online when they have time. You know, small companies usually have less available time because they are doing a lot of things. But with this online training, anybody can become knowledgeable on how to build that culture doing the online courses. Now, do you have an example or a success story you could share about a company you work with and you were able to take them to a new level? Absolutely. Um, you know, it comes to my mind, for example, a luxury hotel in Europe that had gone through a lot of acquisitions and the culture had eroded because every time there's a big cultural shift and an acquisition, usually companies um, suffer from employees' engagement and you know, trust and the sort of fear of laying off, etc. So um, that hotel had very low uh, motivation and engagement in employees, which was resulting in uh, bad consumer or um, guest um, re results. You know, guests were not happy with with the uh, with the employee, the employees, the type of treatment they were getting and they were not coming back to the hotel. The sales were decreasing. Everybody was in an estuary uh, of bad results, more tension. And I worked with them to create those conditions for happiness at work for, for their employees. And they saw that customer satisfaction increased you know, two times higher satisfaction and they achieved to get 30% higher guests coming back to the hotel so they started to see that the results were improving again um, people were happier again and we worked with them as, until they got really where they wanted to be in terms of customer satisfaction repetition people coming again and again so that, that was a wonderful project wow that's amazing now, if somebody wanted to learn more and have a more substantive conversation, maybe um, take a look at some of those tools and resources you have. Is there a website? Yes, absolutely. They, they can download their business cases like the hotel and others. They can take the uh, corporate, the polls, the cultural polls for, for their businesses for free on the website, and they can check on their chief happiness officer training there too and get some of the chapters uh, for free so they can see how it works. Um, the website is www.happiestplacestowork.org and there they can find access to all these tools. Good stuff. Well, thank you so much, Sylvia, for sharing your story today. Thank you so much, Lee, and it was really a pleasure to be with you. All right, this is Lee Cantor for Stone Payton. We will see you all next time on Coach the Coach Radio. 